Welcome to the No Bibs, Burps, Bottles podcast, where we highlight and share the stories of African-American women who are 30 plus, child-free, wonderfully made, and living their best life. Remember, womanhood is not synonymous with motherhood. This is Dr. Angela L. Harris, your host. Come join me as we get comfortable and cozy with no bibs, no burps, no bottles. Stay tuned. So welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to today's episode. So I'm so excited today to have a special guest. She is not in the studio, but she is on the phone and ready to share her story with you. So my guest today is the owner of Frankly Art, which sells original pieces, also does mobile art, and she also does sip parties. My guest speaker is also the author of the F-Boy Diaries. I'm going to keep it clean. The F-Boy Diaries. <laughs> and she also has a new book coming out, the F-Girl Diaries, that's going to drop this month. And I'm so excited to read that. And my guest is also the owner of Leeway Consulting. Um, she works with nonprofit organizations, more specifically nonprofits of color, to work on strategic plans and fundraising. So today, please welcome, help me welcome our guest, Beth Lee. Beth, I'm so, ex- I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited to have you. So I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for the awesome intro. Made me sound all important. Girl, you, you are important. So because I'm so excited, and I know you are too, we're going to go ahead and jump right into things. So Let's you are, I believe, 30-something, right? I know some people 34. like... 34. 34, and you are a woman of color, and you yes. are child-free. Awesome. I am child free. <laughs> so, with that being said, how do you? How would you describe your life at this point? Um, being child free, being thirty four, being a woman of color, African American. How describe your life as it is today? So my life as it is today is, is not without ups and downs, right? Um, there's struggles, there's good times, there's bad times, but it, there's also a right now as a woman of color, child free. I'm in a space that there, there's like a tug of war. You know, there's my friends who are getting married and having children. Mm-hmm. And then there are my friends who still haven't had children, who want to aspire to have children. And then there's a few of us who are just like, no, nah, we're okay without them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I find myself in this tug of war of just ideologies. We, you know, conversations, you know, about, well, if you're getting older. You know, those conversations mm-hmm. um, occurring more often, conversations with men as I date. Are you are you sure? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't want one? Mm-hmm. Conversations that go, I, I had a man tell me, no man is ever going to want me because I don't want children. Wow. Um, wow. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, that makes no sense. And. You're no one's God, so here we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have that. I mean, I've had it all. So right now, as it was today, it's, it's there are certain things though, that I love, right? Um, being able to travel, every hat, drop of a hat if necessary. Um, I just have my dog. And so, you know, finding, you know, care for her, and, and then I'm kind of off and on, on my own. And then there's also just times where I think about, you know, what do I do? Um, as far as being childless, is it, was my legacy going to be? And I don't think always that legacy has to be wrapped up in an heir that's a blood heir. Mm. Um, and I think that's a conversation we don't always have mm-hmm. as well. That, you know, leaving something behind, it doesn't have to be left behind to your child. Uh, mm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. can leave a legacy behind without... An, and, you know, I've always told people, I've, I've met people who had things left behind. People don't always leave that goodness. Sometimes people leave behind trauma. Yes. So, you know, yes. we got to talk about that, too. Um, but honestly, if, if I'm going to be real about this, because I know I told, you know, we always talk about this, I want to be as honest as possible. I find myself as a 34-year-old fighting against more than anything that's childless against biology. And this is what I mean. We know that, you know, right before menses and right after menses, women are extremely horny. Mm-hmm. Just putting that out there, mm-hmm. and you know, it's, it's your body going, "Hey, this is we got a new egg. Let's get it fertilized." Or your body going, "Hey, this egg is almost over. Let's get it fertilized." And around these peak 
childbearing years, it's almost like a cartoon. Like, <laughs> moon comes out, you know, I'm, I'm baying at the moon and, you know, sitting in my phone going, uh-oh. Well, it's about 9.30. Who can I text? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm old. It's not going to be no 1 a.m. text. You're not coming <laughs> over here that. <laughs> 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 Got to get it in early. <laughs> yeah, you're not know, going to be early. I'm going to sleep. But I'm like, what? Who am I? Who can I, who can I call? And I'm like, do I want a baby with this person? And... You know, all those things that I find myself in the store, like RoboCop scanning men, like, <laughs> he's got good height, <laughs> he doesn't, his fingernails dirty, <laughs> what kind of car keys does he have, uh, he might have good credit, look at, he got an Amex car, <laughs> like, I'm just, all those things, going, mm-hmm. all those things, so, you know, uh, that to me is my biggest struggle at right now, is uh, biology, and just trying to fight with, like, my body saying, mm. we'd like a baby, mm. um, the body that's, that's real. The body wants what it wants, but the mind is wanting something different. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it sounds like from what you've shared that your life is pretty interesting with the highs, lows, and everything in the middle. And you talked a little mm-hmm. bit about having um, friendships, right? Women who have uh, children and those who don't. So tell me a little bit about those experiences. My friends are really supportive of me not having children and you know it's interesting because i think about you know at first a lot of times i'm apprehensive to share it um especially new friendships like and i'm like how are they going to receive this and it's also i'm tired of the conversation of you don't know that you just ain't met you haven't met the right man yet and i'm like it has nothing to do with him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, i've met amazing men and have amazing men in my life and it has nothing to do with the children um so all of my friends are extremely supportive of it, actually, and um, do acknowledge and honor my perspective as a child-free woman. Um, oftentimes, I may see something that they haven't seen because they're looking at it only through parental eyes, um, and especially when dealing with their children. And sometimes, um, I can't see something that they see because I'm not a parent. Mm-hmm. And so they, you know, allow me to walk in their world at times as well. Um, the other part is with those friends, I find myself to be auntie a lot, mm. um, just mm-hmm. filling that role. And it's a beautiful space. It is an, a wonderful space and place. I think about, um, even when I was in, um, in Africa and Kenya and in, in the village in the bush, there, there were the childless aunties. And, you know, even in that regard in the village, those women are honored and revered because they're the ones who can just walk alongside parents. Yes. They can hop in and go, you know what, I, I got you for a date night. Mm-hmm. Or I've, I've got you for, you know, you go work, I'll help take care of the sick child right now because I can do it. Um, and I feel that gap seamlessly and love actually filling that role. And I think that that is something I learned, at least while in the village, that there are women who are also placed on this earth to come alongside of parents and assist them. And when you happily feel that role and you feel fulfilled doing that who are we to tell that mama yes. or that woman that she needs to be something else mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um so beth you were sharing a little bit about the the body and how it prepares itself or you've experienced that it prepares itself to have a child and you talked about some of the i guess the the good with that and maybe the not so good with that so can you share a little bit more about like what that means to you, how you're fighting against that, or maybe going with it? Yeah, so I have, I have been, you know, it's interesting with dating um, and then getting older, and I, I laugh because I actually say this with my mom. I'm like, you know, sex is very different in my 30s than in my <laughs> 20s. I can have this conversation with my mother. We were, we're pretty open with each other. And for me, I'm like, I just don't want anyone in my bed because at this point, because I'm fighting biology mm-hmm. and thinking, oh, my God, I could have a baby. That's what I think about every time I'm with someone, right? Like, I'm not thinking about sex with you and not that I want to have a baby with a man every time I'm with a man. But I do think, like, oh, my gosh, this could be the one time that someone's spermative gets up here and fertilizes <laughs> the egg. Uh-huh. And then it's, going to, it's this one, you know, and, and he can't even calculate a tip. At dinner, yeah, two plus two. This ain't it, you know. So, <laughs> we definitely don't want to have a baby well, okay. by that person. Okay, this could be the one. He's got a, he's got a good head on his shoulders, you know. He's talking mm-hmm. some good stuff, and and maybe this this one night stand might turn into, 
you know, be okay if I just happen to slip up. But, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, these are just all the random things I think about. Um, and so when I say I'm embracing the baby, I'm embracing the idea of, like, if I had one, oh, my gosh, this could, this could happen and who I'm with. But the biology part, um, I, I fight it more than anything, honestly. Got you know, you. I really do at certain times of the month walk around Target. Like, mm-hmm. you you could be the one. Let's Let's harvest your man candy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so you, um, we were talking about, um, you know, how you kind of fight against the biology of, you know, seeing someone and saying, is this the one? So how do you play that out? Because in one sense, you're saying, hey, I'm child free. And at this point, you've made the decision to not have children. But is there a part of you that is kind of like, still hopeful, still wanting? So it's, it's, it's not so much hopeful. Um, it's, it's just aware I, hmm. I tell people, um, and it's interesting we had this conversation um, in the barbershop, and, you know, there, the idea that was thrown back at me was, so if you have a baby, you're just going to automatically just get rid of it. I was like, why is that the immediate idea? Um, and my saying no to that doesn't mean that I'm still anti-wanting children. It just means that I'm fully aware of what I'm willing to not do um, for me and my body. Mm-hmm. Um because I, I totally feel people can do whatever they want to with their body. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not so much like, oh, one day I hope to have children. It's more of just like I am fully aware of where I'm at. And, and me, Beth Lee, by herself, has no desire to have children. And that is something I put on the table when I'm dating and, you know, going out. And I've had men question that all the time. Um, well, what about in a relationship? What if he wants a baby? That's not where I'm at. And so, you know, I, I have dated many men who don't want children as well. Mm-hmm. I've also found myself dating more men who already have children, and preferably so. Um, they're less apt to pressure me or worry about the conversation with children because they already have them. Mm-hmm. And I just find myself in a position maternally with the instincts inside of me being more willing to be a stepmother or more willing to be um, an addition to the family um, versus just push out a child. And um, even with some of my closest friends talking about surrogacy, Mm -hmm. um, what that looks like and, you know, is that an option? And it always is. And adoption, all of that, for me, the interesting part about being child-free now at 34 and looking to the future is I still don't have an internal desire to give birth. And that's just a real statement for me. So I think about all the other alternatives of being a mother, and they sit well with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what's mo- most important, that it sits well with you, right? We know that we get a lot of messages from other people, like you said, partners, family, friends, like, and you're 34. So people say, you're still young. You got time. Uh-huh. You'll change your mind. Um, right. You'll just find the right one. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's it's about also kind of standing confidence in where you are right now and people respecting that. So Right, and just knowing that things can change, right? Mm-hmm, like Exactly. I, I, we live in such a world where everything's so finite, where if you, you like something and that's it, right? You can't go back and unlike it. You just like it. Um, and people can change their mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I met a, a really interesting woman who, uh, same thing. And she said she just woke up one day and told her husband, they've already been married 10 years. She said, I'd, I'd like to have a child. Mm-hmm. And he said, All right, okay, um, we have to make adjustments if mm-hmm. that's what you want. Um, and he said, and I need time to think about that because that's not how we entered our relationship. Mm. Um, and so she said that he, she didn't pressure him. She gave him his time. And he came back. He said, all right, I'm on board with this. And they have a child. Mm-hmm. And what's really funny is they're now at this point, um, I believe the child is like 10. And she said, you know, they're having that conversation that, that, you know, what about planned? And she said, you were planned. She said, because, and because you're planned, we feel better about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I meet so many people who are like, I didn't want them, but then once I had them, did you plan them? No. So it was tossed upon you to like it, like an arranged marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I don't want to feel mm-hmm. that way about motherhood. So... Yeah, that's tangent, but that's kind of where I'm at. So you talked a little bit, Beth, about dating and meeting people and putting it out on the table um, in regards to where you stand about wanting children. Can you share a little bit about, I'm curious to, to know about that process. So you meet someone, you guys are digging each other. Like, what does it mean to put it out on the table? Tell me what that looks like and what it's felt like in the past. Oh my gosh, so it, it really is like putting it out on the table. And it's, you know, oftentimes, 
at dinner, you know, conversation. Where do you see yourself in the next, you know, two to three years? I don't even say five years because sometimes I don't know what I'm doing the next week. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to put anyone into that much pressure, you know. And so for me, I think about, okay, well, I talk to them and say, how do you feel about children? And immediately, you know, you'll see, you'll hear men say, oh, I want this, and I've always wanted this, or I'm thinking about this many kids, and blah, 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 or they'll go ahead and be straightforward and say, I don't really look, see myself having children. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, and it's very early in the conversation, and I'm like, well, I'm not really here on the having children tip, and mm-hmm. the response is a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. I've had very crass responses, um, like, mm-hmm. well, you're too cute to not have any kids. Really? That's right. <laughs> exactly. And that's Although you are beautiful, like, but is this like, really? Is that how we're basing really? to have kids on? <laughs> right. Like, we're not having kids on the strength of beauty. That's not how that works. Cause I've seen beautiful people make bullfrogs. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> we're not, not going to do that. <laughs> but then, I'm like, okay, I've, I've had, uh, like I said, a man tell me no man will ever want me because I don't want children. Um, I've had men get intrigued and, and kind of ask why, how do I feel about it? Um, and, and really be uh, amenable to a conversation mm-hmm. and just understanding me. I've had other men be like, uh, that's a load off because I really don't want any either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they feel the pressure as well. So it's been a, a mixed bag of responses. Um, the, the one for me that's always kind of a, you're probably going to find me turning red shooting fire out of me is when you bring religion into it. Mm. Say more about that. Um, so for me, religion, as a Christian woman, there's Christian by religion and Christian by faith. And what I mean by that is the Christian by religion is more Pharisees. It's more of the, you got a rule and doctrine and live by this world and live by this land code and live by all these things. Whereas Christ himself was like, you know, there's work to be done outside the church and there's people you're going to see on your faith walk in spirituality. Understand that, treat everybody the same, love everybody. Don't walk towards someone and say, because you live this way, I'm going to judge you. Mm-hmm. And I find myself more on that side of the conversation. And so knowing that about myself and that's how I treat others, I have that expectation to be treated the same way. Mm-hmm. So when I simply say, I don't want to have children, and you throw religion upon me, um, and you're the first thing, you're like, is this verse says, and this verse says, and this verse says, are you seeing me without judgment? Mm. Mm. Yes. Are you treating me without judgment? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so if the answer, you know, and the answer is no. And and so for me, I have a hard time engaging in those, those individuals in conversation, be man or woman, because they all do it. Mm-hmm. Um, because at this point you're not willing to, to see me as an individual you're willing to see me as someone who needs to follow a doctrine mm-hmm. because you've been indoctrinated into something and you're part of a societal norm and I just you know I read it all and, you know I, I can't just be a Christian and say I'm only going to read one book King James Version I'm going to read all the books of all the disciples which I have mm-hmm. I'm going to study the Torah which I do I'm going to study the Quran as well I'm going to understand the word of God before I sit here and tell you that a few verses that may or may not have been translated properly are how I should live mm-hmm. and also mandate that a woman who has a womb and a uterus should be bringing forth children in the world right because some yeah, people believe that some people believe that yeah mm-hmm. they do it and I think, you know, if we're, if we're talking about the conversation, there's a real, the real, uh, to me, like, crux of the entire matter is no one should be placing their mouth upon anyone else's womb regarding what they do with it. Mm. Like, that's really the bottom line. You can see me, and if I tell you I want kids, okay, and walk on about your business. How dare you feel so comfortable not even knowing me that you can actually speak on what I'm sure they shouldn't do and then speak on why or why not I am actually being the best Christian I can be because I'm not having a baby. Mm -hmm. It seems like you've had a a wide variety of um, responses with with Uh men who are also child free and you're child free. are, Are those men that kind of rise to the top? And I'm pretty sure there are other criteria that you're looking for, but is that like, oh, they're child-free, I'm child-free? Is that kind of an automatic, let's see where this goes? It's, it's not so much an automatic, but it definitely makes the, the second day easier hmm. and the third day easier because at, at that point, the conversation 
that we know there's a conversation point we don't have to worry about any longer. We put it on the table. We both know we're in the same place. And we're like, okay, you know what? Now we can we can build on everything else. We can understand our friendship. We can understand, um, you know, our likes and dislikes and fears and wants and hopes and all these other things and dreams and not have to, to really go down that avenue. And it's freeing. It becomes extremely freeing. So they kind of, they rise to the top as far as being able to go out again. Mm-hmm. Um and, and it makes it helpful. At the same time, I will say, men with children also who are understanding of that rise to the same pretty much level. Okay. Because they're like, you know what? Often, oftentimes, mm-hmm. they're like, great. I don't want any more kids anyway. <laughs> like, check. <laughs> or, you know, they're just like, I have enough that I'm dealing with trying to co-parent mm-hmm. I don't want to add any more in and so you know they they're kind of like this is great I have a woman in my life who's just willing to be my woman versus being my woman and you know want this extra responsibility um there are other men though who I've, I've dated who which, which I find truly interesting mm-hmm. I think this is my favorite they have an issue with it they don't like it but they're still trying to talk to me. Mm. The reality is that you just want to get my pants. Mm-hmm. And back to the original conversation, which was every single time, not just sometimes, every time, we could potentially hit that little spermatin find its way. Yes. And I don't want to bother with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't want that for, for life. Yeah. So the guys who are giving you negative responses, right? The ones who are saying, you know, you you need to have a kid because you're beautiful. They just have a negative response that you're 34 and you're child free. Like, where do you Mm -hmm. think those responses come from? Oh my gosh, you know, it's a really amazing question. And I think that some of it, of course, being their own life, um, where they're like, so I'll break them down. I've had the men who've given me negative responses that already have children upon further conversation, not that I can psychoanalyze anybody, but just common sense. They didn't want the children themselves. Mm. When you dig deeper into the conversation, Mm -hmm. they didn't want to have kids either. And they feel that because they're, I'm in a space that they desire to be in, which is child free Mm. at 34, Mm -hmm. that they haven't been able to experience because they've had children for maybe 10 plus years, Mm -hmm. that it makes it hard to even fathom what that would be like. And so it's just a negative response they're, they are projecting. Hmm. Right. So that's some, um, some are, I feel like it is just a societal norm, right? Like it's just people get married or even if they don't, they're in a relationship long enough. First thing is when you going to have some kids? Mm, first question. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it comes up all the, when y'all going to have some kids? And when that happens and someone says, well, we're not, or it's none of your business then all of a sudden we go, well, something must be wrong with them. Mm. And so, you know, the first thing you normally do is push back as well. Something must be wrong, so let me push back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that some of that comes from there. Just projecting, I think there's just societal norms that, you know, we, we automatically push back when it's not the norm negatively because we haven't been taught how to truly just have conversation. Mm-hmm. We've been taught to talk at people mm-hmm. and just tell people this is what it is. Um, so I think that's part of that as well. Uh, I think there's also a bit of fear um, yes. because there is a woman standing in front of you who at a very basic level, which is her body, is telling you you don't have dominion over it. Mm. And that is scary yes you know one of my guy friends was like he said that that is honestly he said that is scary to us he said when we meet a woman and she tells us he said not that we're all telling you that we're all over your body he said, but society tells us that's what we have dominion over we just do mm-hmm. and so he said for you to stand there in the beginning and say you don't get to just give me a baby because that's what society says and stand on that he said well then what else are you going to battle me on mm. man so, that's deep. <laughs> that, yeah, and so that's, uh, that's what we look at. Mhm, mhm. Just the you saying that you don't you don't get to just give me a baby. It really needs to be a mutual understanding and a mm-hmm. mutual respect that if I don't want you to give me a baby because I actually have the right and I'm taking precautions to not have you just give me a baby, I need that to be respected and understood and appreciated. Yeah, and it's a conversation that most people are not having. Um, When I mentor, I tell my mentees, you all need to have the conversation about life 
and how both of you feel about that before you get in there. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're kind of like, what do you mean? I said, well, how does someone feel about adoption? How does someone feel about abortion? How does someone feel about having a baby? Do you know what your plan is if you were to have one? And they look at me like I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. They're like, I'm serious. Well, well, you know, Ms. Beth, we're only 17 or 16. What's well, the time to think about it? 17 or 16. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and responsibility is way too out of reach. Then that means that the genitals need to be out of reach, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so you have to think that far. And I even have a conversation with friends in their 30s and 40s. I'm like, you know, I had a friend who was like, um, I messed up. I'm having a baby. But you didn't mess up. You're 35. You knew. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> Let's be real. Yes. Yes. You know, you know more than a 15, 16, 17 year old. Yes. Right. Yeah. You know more. And so I think, you know, it is, it's having that conversation. Um, how do you feel about these things? You know, I, I told a friend that to be clear, even if you're married, it's still her decision. You both can be very much so talk about it, be on the same page, but if she chooses not to, she still has the right to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and every, you know, and it's quick people. Oh, I'm getting a divorce after that. You can do what you want, but the reality is that you have to understand that it's her body, yes. and she still gets to make the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and she may make the decision in a favorable decision for you and your marriage and, and your relationship that you both are on the same page with. But you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so why the conversation just, I, is so important um, in the beginning. Is. In the beginning. Yeah. In the beginning. Yes, in the beginning. In the very beginning, before you even get down the road. Um, but, yeah, it's I thought having the conversation about the, the post-sex is more important than the pre-sex conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, I, I'm really not interested in your tongue game. <laughs> I need you to tell me. <laughs> to tell me, <laughs> <need> yes. To. <laughs> <laughs> about we these d- other things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we can get we can get back to that, but, like, let's talk about these other things. And, and even, honestly, Angel, that, that's come up. You know, and that's been a, uh, a deterrent for some men because it's like, oh, she really, she really is about her body. Mm-hmm. As I you am. should, as you should be, <laughs> as you should be, because again, when you are able to communicate where you stand, right? And again, for some women, they stand firm and child-free. Maybe they meet the right partner. They maybe um, are a little bit more flexible. They change their mm-hmm. mind. But no one should make us, because it sounds like you've been in situations where it's um, almost make trying to make us feel guilty because we don't have yes. a child. And, and that's not right. But I want to go to your family, Beth. So how are parents feeling that you stand kind of confident in this child-free experience and space? Oh, my gosh. So my mom, um, how I came to this, right, I was about a week after my 30th birthday. And I was sitting on my porch. I was living in Florida at the time, sitting on my porch. And I was praying and meditating that morning. And I don't know how God works for you, but God works for me. Very interesting. And a lot of times it's a lot of signs and symbols. And every now and then I can count on one hand. It's pretty audible. You know, James Earl Jones voice, like, shut up. <laughs> but, okay. But this morning I was crying. And it's a particular morning, <clears throat> and I said, God, I don't I don't want children. You know, mm. I've been watching my friends, you know, they're turning 30 and 35 and stuff, and they were getting excited. And, you know, this people are like, you know, midlife crisis when you turn 30 or something, or you have this 30 crisis, is what some people call it. And at that moment, I was launching Frankly Art. Mm-hmm. I was um, getting ready to really take a leap of faith and start the journey to remove myself out of my nine to five within the next five years, which mm-hmm. I've done. And I just knew that children, for whatever reason, didn't didn't make me feel good. It, that that whole conversation just didn't make me feel good. And I was crying and bawling this night. And it was almost as audible as I'm talking now. God saying, I never asked you to. Mm-hmm. And I had to think about that. And I remember calling my mom like right after that. I was like, Mom! And she said, but Beth, I never asked you to either. Wow. And she she said, but I will, and, and it was the most powerful moment. She probably doesn't remember it, but she said, I'm going to apologize to you for making you feel as if you had to. Mm. She said, yes. I know that we are a huge family, and there are always babies and children around. <laughs> and <laughs> there are. Mm-hmm. And she said, and, you know, between you and your cousins and your sisters, you've all, you know, just taking care of each other, taking care of the newest baby babysat that's what we do mm-hmm. and she said and so there's almost an expectation that that is what's going to happen next in your life 
And she said, and that is not the case for you. She said, and I've known that since I've had you, that you're my child that will push limits. She said, one, she said, but also allow me to see the full perspective of God. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, your sister got married, had beautiful children. She's like, and that's, that is the most gorgeous thing ever. You know, she's like, she's giving me three granddaughters. I love them. I love her. Your sister is a mother. That's what she does and always has. It's true. My sister's 11 years older than me. I was my sister's baby doll. Mm-hmm. I mean, she took me to like the high school with her every day. Like, that was her almost every day. Like, mm-hmm. not even, but any chance she got to take me somewhere, to a game, to something, I was there. And her friends knew me. Her husband, who she's been married to for over 25 years, I've known him since I was 18 months old. Like, that's how mm-hmm. she took me everywhere. And, um, so that's her true instinct. I still call her Mama Nikki. She's truly a mother, maternal in every facet. And for me, I'm maternal from a distance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the case. So my mother was very, very okay with it. She was like, it's cool. No problem. She's mm-hmm. like, I support that. And I support what God has in store for you, whatever that is. And she said, down the road it is, children, so be it. She said, but if not, she said, that's still okay. And that was... I think the most beautiful gift she could ever give me for my birthday. Almost like ever. a sense of relief. It's, like I can, I can stand yeah. even more boldly and more proudly in my decision because my mom understands where I am and that she supports part, that. Mm-hmm. That part, and you, you get to, it's almost like being on, pre- on the playground. Well, my mama ain't got a problem with it, so, <laughs> so you shouldn't have a problem with it either. Exactly, exactly. My father, my biological father, has never said anything about it. My, uh, it's interesting. My youngest sister said something to me in front of him. And I said, I'm not having kids. And she pushed it one more time. I said, I'm not having kids. And she said, one more thing after that. And he said, did you hear? Hmm. And that was that. Mm-hmm. And so. <laughs> you got mama and daddy on your side. It's all good. It's all good. Because yeah, it can be a strain. It can be a strain yeah. when you feel one way and you continue to get pressure. For, and when you going to give me grandkids? And again, you don't even have, you're not even, you know, you don't have to be married. But they're still like, I want grandkids. I gr- want exactly. grandkids. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And exactly. your mom took a even bolder step to say, I'm sorry if I ever made you feel that way. And I also want you to know that you are good right where you are. Uh-huh. Go, mama. Uh-huh. Go, mama. <laughs> exactly. You know, I love, I love mama. You know, so that's, that's the beauty of, of that. And that, uh, so, you know, my aunt, it was funny. Like, they just kind of just fell in line. You know, as long as my mom didn't have an issue with it, they were like, all right, cool. Yeah. You know, like, just went on by the business. Everybody on the same page. Yeah, they're on the same page. Cousins are a mixed bag. But again, I think it goes back to my family being as big as it is mm-hmm. and children being around all the time. Mm-hmm. And so that's just a norm. And so it's kind of, and so it's, it's not so much like expected in when are you having a baby, but so it's time for your arm of the tree to bear some fruit, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned a little bit about um, maternal from afar. You said, you know, your sister is really maternal. She, you know, gave you, you know, your 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 parents, three grandchildren. And you said, I'm I'm maternal from afar. So what does that mean? Yeah. What does what does that look like for you? You get them, mommy might not. <laughs> I get, yeah, I get them. So it's cool. Like we we're in there, but then there's also so I can I can give them perspectives on things that they may be uncomfortable talking to their parents about, um, and that's still a part of mothering, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I I mentor. I still have youth that I feel very responsible for, and that's sitting with them doing college applications that might be going on a college tour that might be, you know, do you need some financial assistance, um, taking them to do school shopping, things like that, being a godmom, um, assisting in that manner. So being, I give my maternal instincts off all the time, um, just about daily to those who are closest to me, have children, Mm -hmm. um, and even my own nieces. 
However, there's no one daily in my life receiving it mm. right here in my home. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So when I say maternal from a distance, there's children adjacent to me all over the place mm-hmm. that are receiving, you know, love from me. Um, and I say maternally because if you're with me and you are my child, there's no difference if you have my own. You're getting protected. I'm mm-hmm. loving on you. I'm tugging on you, you know, kissing on you, all that stuff. Um, just like I would my own. Mm-hmm. I just there's just no one here Definitely. to actually have one. Okay. So that's under my distance. Just the turn from a distance because that's the way my life is set up right yeah. now. Yeah, um, and, and preferably so. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I got it. I got it. Would you would you say that um, you being maternal is something that you grew into? Or you always had it? Because I think sometimes people think, well, you're maternal. You would be a great mother. I hear that all the time. You, mm-hmm. you, you're good with people. You would be a great mother. But at times, I can honestly say that I don't always feel maternal. I, that, that hasn't been strong for me. So is that something that mm. you've always had for yourself? I, I think that it's something that I have always, uh, have always been around. Again, um, having youth in my family that I would babysit from time to time, things like that. Um, so I always kind of had the instinct to mother. However, to your point, just like that, where you're like, ah, sometimes I'm not for maternal. There are certain things that happen that I'm like, I think my ovaries should be aching right now, but I don't care. <laughs> 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 I'm like, I don't, I, uh, no, I'm newly bit concerned about that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's there's some things that I've had to turn on, if you will, like I have to actually step into the situation and go, all right, be uh, think think like a parent, you know, and not like that. And that is I have to consciously turn that on. So I, I do think it's a mixed bag. For okay. me, there are certain things that are definitely natural that have always been around that I've always exhibited, and then there are certain things that I'm just kind of like, um, wait. Which has happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't feel that way. Yeah. Back and forth, in and out, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And as some people, too, not every child turns it on either. Mm. Um, mm. And I think that that, that um, I had a, a gentleman I was dating, he had a hard time understanding that. And uh, he's like, every child, you know, makes you want a parent. No, they don't. No, they don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I can, we can touch it. and agree on that one. Yes. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh no. Like you you stand um confident and proud in your child-free life. What are your personal thoughts and views about how child-free African American women are just overall portrayed in society, media? What are the things that stand out to you when you think of print or commercials or TV shows? Oh my gosh, so I've never really seen it in a commercial. Mhm. least that I can think of. We we are always a mom. We're always a mom. Um, I think the one time I've seen it, do you remember um, the auntie, Jennifer Lewis's character on Fresh Prince? Yes. She didn't have any kids. Yes. She, but she, she was the aunt. She was the one who rolled the in The fierce there aunt at that. <laughs> fierce, super fierce. And everyone, I mean, everyone respected her. And everyone loved her. And no one questioned her about her having kids either. So I always think about that and how that was beautifully portrayed. It was never brought up about her being childless, but you knew she didn't have any. Mm-hmm. 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 And it wasn't like a conversation. You know, why doesn't she have any kids? It was just like, this is my aunt. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, you know, for me, at least in, in TV, she's always someone I always rest back on thinking of, I think about the aunts and things like that. And I think I mentioned before, just being in Kenya and having, um, they call them aunties, but they're the women of the village who don't have children for whatever reason, by choice or, you know, by the fact that they simply um, could not have children. Mm-hmm. They fall in line and help parents at the drop of a hat whenever necessary. So I, I love that, seeing that portrayed, at least in my life, throughout my travels. Um, and print, haven't really seen it. Um, but oftentimes, you do, you know, even though I, I talk about Jennifer Lewis's character being the auntie, that's kind of the role you always see is in the auntie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, instead of, well, you know, she's just living her life like it's golden. Yes. She's just childless and living her life. Tracy Ellis Roth is a great example of Definitely. that. You know, she, she pinned a really great um, post one year. I think it was when she turned 40 and talked about, you know, 40, I don't have kids. I don't have a husband. Mm. 
and I'm fabulous and I'm still doing the damn thing. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. She's like, I live my life beautifully and I have not lived up to anyone else's expectations or standards and I don't feel bad about it. But I think that's the part that I talk about portrayal that we normally see is that if there is a woman who's of childbearing age or she's over 40 and she hasn't had children, she's somewhere in the corner crying Yeah, because she doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. <laughs> woe is me. I don't have a husband. I don't have any kids. No one loves me. I must be thrown out to pasture. <laughs> Why? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I have friends who do that. And I'm like, I, I, I can't empathize. I just, I cannot. I don't know what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. this feeling. Mm-hmm. I never had this feeling. I never sat back and went, my life is over because I have never given birth. And now I must go out and go live in some commune. <laughs> you know? No, we are not <laughs> doing that. On some bus. <laughs> <laughs> not doing that. Not doing that. We are living oh. our best child-free life. I think about us living single at the very end when Max finds out she's pregnant. And she's like, oh my God. Not the most amazing response. They didn't portray it as the response that everyone wanted a black woman to have, right? We're now having this baby, and now the world is all amazing. She was like, ah, nah. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and we know how her character was on Living Single. I mean, she exactly. was always living her best life. Any challenges in the in the workspace um, that you can recall being child-free? Oh, man. So I, I will say that the biggest challenge in the workspace was it was and it was presented out loud well, what Beth doesn't have any children so she could she can be there early yeah people well, do doesn't that have any children, so she can be there late mm. um you know and that that would happen more often than not and um a lot of the, the jobs you know at one point in my career i was uh, in disaster response um around the world and so that was difficult at times, I many breaks. Mm-hmm. I would need them. And it would be, oh, you I didn't keep going because you don't have any kids or anything to get back to anyway. No husband or nothing. Uh, um, no, I'm human, though. Yes. Like, let's, let's break it down. Like, I need a break for good job. Um, so in the workplace, it became, you know, and, that, and it's something that people have no problem saying. It seems very easy to say. Well, you don't have any kids. So you can get here, you know, at 6 a.m. No, how much do I want to be up? Um, mm-hmm. What does it mean... Um, for you in regards to being child-free and leaving a legacy, what what will that look like for you? You know, it's interesting because I think that that's where God's path always comes into play. You, you think about the life that you live and how uh, I think God sits back and laughs and go, now she understands why I stuck her in that position. Over the years, having worked in nonprofits now for, for over 15 years and been a fundraiser as well, I see family foundations mm. all the time, hmm. right? I solicit them for money. I solicit them for grants and, and um, partnerships and all of that. And I think about how many oftentimes I, I, I sit with family members and try to get the story on the foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the story that's online and then there's the story, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes there is a childless couple or a child-free woman who made millions. Um, and some of these foundations are so old that the woman who did it, she created the foundation so no one knew that she was one childless and two, that she made that money because back in the day, women could make that much money, right, without mm-hmm. a man. It didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think about that and how she, those women and those families were able to give in perpetuity and leave their name and leave a lasting mark, even if there wasn't a, an heir, a blood heir, they were able to give a legacy of giving. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, giving is so big in my life and always has been from my grandparents, my mother to me, that I see giving as my legacy. And because giving is my legacy, it is more important to me to work to be able to have a family foundation in, in my family's name. Mm-hmm. And even long after I'm gone, it continues to give. Um, that to me is a legacy and that can continue and that means the name goes on whether I bear a child or not. Definitely. Nice. 
Nice. That's something that more people should probably even think about and consider, right? Because it doesn't have to mean, oh, my legacy and what I leave to is the children that I brought forth into the world. I mean, we all you know my nephew will probably get the little bit that I have if something happens to me. But just thinking about what you've just shared in regards to family foundations and um, how there are other options. Yeah, definitely, and and it allows your legacy, you know, to be what you loved, right? Like, you know, I think about me, mental health and art, you know, are, are mm-hmm. two pillars in my life that I stand on, and so that will probably be what it is given to, mm-hmm. right? And so now generations down the road, 100 years down the road, whatever, someone's like, well, what does, you know, Lee Family Foundation get towards mental health and art? Well, why? Because once upon a time, that's Lee, you know, and, and there it is, and that's the story, and it's there, yes. and no one can touch it, Um, and so that's that's what I tell people giving or creating a family foundation also allows your family to be cemented in stone, um, and allow your family's pillars to, to live on and continue. when you're gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What would you tell a young sister who has determined for herself that she does not want children? Oh, wow. I, I would tell her to believe it. We sometimes say things and don't believe them. And that is what allows us to waver. And if that's what you feel in your heart and feel in your spirit and your soul, that you're confident that you don't know children, believe it. And know that if that's how you're going to move forward, then every step that you put on the ground needs to be made with that belief, with that confidence. And, you know, I would also say start pruning your village Mm. um, as well. You don't have to have people in your village that think like you. Matter of fact, it's preferred that you don't mm-hmm. because that's how you grow. But what you do need in your village are people that are willing to listen and take your feelings and emotions into consideration and not pressure you. And if you find yourself around a lot of people that are going to tell you what you should be doing versus supporting what you would love to do, mm-hmm. yep. then it's time to cut them off. Yep. <laughs> like, new tribe, new group. What, right. Mm-hmm. Chop, chop. That's what I would tell a young sister is, you know, really look at your village. Um, and then also, look, there's a thing to look at, right? Like, at 20, I think about 25, you don't know half of those things that you think you know. Mm-hmm. You just don't. And there's a lot to explore, so much to explore. Um, and, and then, you know, research as well. I tell well, my mentees who ask me about it, uh, being child-free, there's a lot of research when you come to it, too, mm-hmm. about women who have been child-free forever. Yep. Um, we, this isn't a new phenomenon. Not at all. Um, not at all. And, and as you're younger, and what they've also determined, if you do want to have children, waiting until your 30s is actually not preferred. It used to be, have a baby early because you get to 36 or 37, and hey, mm-hmm. the baby's probably going to die. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> now they're like, hey, early 30s, early to mid-30s are actually prime time because you're actually your body's more equipped mm-hmm. to actually do it. And so, you know, I tell women, you know, I would tell a young girl to wait um, as well. You can still be confident in this. It may not ever change. It may change. Exactly. Either way, it's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, a good but, nugget to yeah, drop. Yeah, that's my voice. Yeah. <laughs> a good nugget my to drop for a sister. Good nugget. Yeah. So, Beth, you are child-free, fabulous, living your best life. Any regrets? Anything that you would do different? Any regrets? No. <laughs> <laughs> regrets. <laughs> any regrets? Oh, man. Any regrets? Um, you know, if, if I had any regrets, it would be that I was not more upfront mm. about what I wanted in regards to children earlier. You know, I talking about I had I had the epiphany at thirty. And I'm thankful that I didn't have any children before then, but I was in relationships and very close to it at some point, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. with the, the, I think about the men and, and just us being reckless, could have mm-hmm. had a baby, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, you know, it didn't happen. And I'm thankful because it's not what I wanted, but, and, um, I, I just think that that thinking about those men, would we have been so carefree if we both were on the same page? Mm. If we had really talked about it, if we had really discussed it, if I was honest with myself then, you know, and said, I don't, I don't want your child. 
Um, <laughs> I don't want anyone's child. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not so personal. It's not just him. It's just, you know, me. Um, I think about that. I think about um, decisions I may have made financially. Mm-hmm. Would I have been uh, more responsible in some avenues or less responsible if I had been more clear about what I had wanted, right? Because I think about how in my 20s, I was like, I got to do this. And I got to do this because one day I'm going to have a family. Mm-hmm. And I made decisions that way. I, I made career decisions that way. Mm-hmm. And I think about, you know, wow, if you had come to this earlier, would you have still done the same thing? Gotcha. Gotcha. Wow. Well, thank you so much for dropping these nuggets. Before I let Thanks you go, I'm, I'm so, we could talk, you know, you and I could talk about this all day. And I'm so Whatever. thankful <laughs> that you've decided to be one of my special guests. But before I let you go, because you're doing so many great things, girl, please let my audience know what you're doing, where they can find you. Any, this is all about you. What would you like to share? So I am the author of the F Boy Diaries. Um, F is exactly what you think it is, fornication <laughs> under consent of the king. Um, <laughs> um, and you can find it on Amazon. You can also find it on Google Play, um, as well as um, Nook, Barnes & Noble. It is two ninety nine. I told you to read it on the toilet. It's like 12 pages. It is hilarious. It is yes. a satire about the dating advice that men give to each other. The F Girl Diaries is coming out. I'm excited. Month. I'm excited as well. Just waiting on getting it on platforms on an official day. But either way, it's the end of by February 29th. It's a leap year, right? Um, so that's coming out. If you want to follow me, it's frankly art, F R A N K L E I G H, like my last name, art, A R T. Same as the website. You can go and follow the art, buy jewelry, any of those things. Um, and then my other shameless plug, as always, frankly art help support um, yes. nonprofits and one of them is Stress Inc., which is based in Charlotte, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S-I-N-C.org. It is a nonprofit, black-owned, that works specifically in communities of color to talk about mental health and suicide prevention as well in our community. So, yes, love Beth. on them. Give them as much love as you can um, and look out for those books as well. And if you need art, you know, I'm doing my thing. Also, that's right. Now to move into home design as well. So things are growing. Awesome. Awesome. And you're a talented artist. I love your piece um, that I've gotten. So I'm going to make sure that my Thank guests you. know where to find you and where to support you. Until we meet again, guys. Peace. All right. Bye. You have been listening to the No Bibs, Burps, Bottles podcast a podcast dedicated to the stories of African-American women without children. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe. Until next time, keep living your best child-free life.